good to be here and uh, back with the church family and up here sharing God's word with you this morning. Uh, some of you may not know, maybe Brad has told you, but uh, I got attacked by a luggage cart. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I did not win that battle. I lost, but uh, I didn't have time to kind of fall on my good side of my body, and uh, it happened so fast, I, I landed directly on, on my side of my hip, and, uh, and I heard it crack, and uh, I was in denial because I was on vacation. I did not want that to be the case, but as the time progressed, um, my pain told me otherwise, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway... I didn't even get to see my room for the first weekend of my vacation. It was right before I was checking in. But, uh, but God is good. Amen. All the time, God is good. And uh, my family had a great vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I stayed and got caught up on Moonshiners, the series. Anybody have ever seen that? <laughs> It's amazing what those guys get away with, but, uh, but anyway, it's all good. Uh, my kids had a great time, and that was the important part. And I did not want to rob that uh, of them, and um, anyway, I got uh, good drugs, as some of you may know, have seen, and uh, real quick story, behind the, the ears, do, you, uh, do your ears hang low, do they waggle to a fro? If you kind of don't know the backstory of that, my mother-in-law has the longest earlobes I've ever seen in my life. They literally are like two inches. They hang down two inches because she's wore these dangly big earrings for all her life. And, and so they've drooped, and I guess it just runs in the family too. So anyway, I said, Sharon... And then I bust it out in song. Do your ears hang low? Do they waggle too? So, <laughs> so um, I'm just glad I was on drugs at that point. Because if I wasn't, I would have been a dead man. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Um, this morning, um, I'm going to get a little personal with you. Um, if that's okay. And um, what I want to share with you this morning is the pains and the hurts that we go through in life. And uh, I'm going to kind of share some of uh, my story and, and some of the things that you don't know um, that has happened to me over the past five years. Um, and, uh, but anyway, would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to come and and to just to listen to what you um, have prepared um, me to say. And Lord, we, um, I just ask that you would be with me, that the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be to your glory and your glory only. Lord, let me be a vessel. And Lord, I pray that uh, if someone here is going through 
a time in their life, Lord. I pray that you would just send your Holy Spirit right now upon their heart, upon their mind and soul. That you would just uh, give them guidance to hear what you want them to hear. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a lot of suffering and pain uh, in the world that we are living in. It's, it's just right there in front of our face. We see it time and time again on, uh, in our face and in our lives and other people's lives. Um, and, and maybe you have been in pain or in hurt or maybe you uh, are in sickness or you lost a job or a loved one passed away or your prayers are just taking too long for God to answer. And despite doing your best, your condition is still the same. It never changes. On one side, you are God's child doing everything that is best that you can do. But on the other side, you're going through pain and agony and defeat. You're asking yourself this question from time and time again. When you are light up on the bed and the lights out and you just want to go away from the world or you're in your closet and you shut the door so nobody can see you and you're just and you're asking this question you're time and time again you're asking the question where's God when it hurts where is he you know over five years ago I went through a time in my life that it was the deepest darkest time I ever experienced and after being sick um, with a virus that I had um, throwing up constantly and and just um, not knowing where the the end of the tunnel was the light at the end of the tunnel was um, I started having anxiety issues I started having um, panic attacks and it just became so unbearable in in my life and I was asking this question God where are you when I'm hurting when I'm when I'm going through this and anxiety and panic attacks and and I can't go outside I can't I can't function you know uh, that year um, I had a panic attack the day before we were going to go on vacation and and I couldn't do it I, I had to stay home and and my kids and my family you know, they were, they were a part of that, and they didn't get to go on vacation. And I'm like, God, what, where am I? What am I going to do? And it was at a point to where I finally got up enough courage to try to get out, and I went to um, my nephew's birthday party. And I was sitting there and being quiet, as, as I always do, and, and just trying to beat the anxiety that I was feeling and then all of a sudden, I looked at Tannis and I said, Tannis, I can't take it anymore. The anxiety that, 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 that the Satan was using was, was defeating me. And I looked at her and I said, I, I, I can't take it. I've, I've got I've to do something I said, I've, I've got I've to check myself into a behavioral hospital. And I was angry, and, and, and I was sitting there in this cold room, and, and 
I was just to the point to where Satan already had control and he was already defeating me. And it was at that point I said, I just don't want to be here anymore. It was at that point where I said, I'd be better off, you'd be better off without me. Because all the the pain and agony I was causing my family. And I said, I just, I'm done. Just let me go. I just want to not be here anymore. That's to the point to where I was, I was cussing my wife out. I was, you know, telling my dad and, and my brother that I didn't want any part of their life anymore. It was hard. Thanks. And, and so at that point, um, I went into Kettering, Kettering Behavioral Hospital and, and started getting treatment and started getting um, help that I, professional help that I needed. It was tough. It was the lowest point in five years that I've had in my life. And um, I was so much in pain and so much in hurt. I was lying in my bed in the hospital, again, asking the question, where, you know, where are you, God? What's going on here? You know, maybe you are having the same question today. Where is God when it hurts? And many people think that God has given them a tough life. Whereas some others are having an easy life. And sometimes we feel that we suffer far more than others. But this is simply not the case. It's not the case. Everyone has unique troubles. You are going through a unique trouble than the person over here is going through. We're all different. We all have different things in our life that we go through. Your friends may not have the same trouble as you. You may have not experienced the trouble that I went through. Everyone has their own struggle. But look here. But the Lord has promised us that he will be with us. Amen? Amen. He promised us that. And he promised us that he would deliver us from all the troubles that we are going through in life. At that point in the hospital, I had to recognize that. And one of the things that that helped me get through it, not only the professional help and the medication that I was taking, but it was the fact that I serve a God who will get me through this. And one of the things that helped me is that I would sit in bed at night and I would just bust out in hymns. Any hymn that came to my mind, I (coughs) I would sing to the top of my lungs. It's one of the things I felt comfort in. Psalms 34, uh, uh, 18 and 19 says this, says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's close to them. And save those who are crushed in spirit. 
And a righteous man may, <clears throat> man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from, all, from them all. See, in the Bible, from Abraham to David to the apostle John, were all afflicted. All were in trouble, and yet they came out of their troubles as heroes in their faith. Amen? They came stronger and higher. It, it does not mean that God enjoys putting us through trials and that he's getting the kick out of it. See, in, in the world of sin we are living in, there is pain. But God will deliver us from that. Will deliver the righteousness out of that. First thing is this. God tests our hearts, our heart and our hurts. Let me say that again. God tests our heart and our hurts. And do you, uh, do you, we believe and trust God even in the midst of pain and suffering. Do we believe in the promises of God when everything looks impossible? Do we trust in God even when we do not understand his ways and in our, and in our lives and where he is taking us? Our trials can be a test of faith. Can be a test of faith. In Deuteronomy 8:2 says this: Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the, in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. See, every trial that the Israelites went through from the Red Sea to the Promised Land was a test of their faith. God was testing their heart whether they would be faithful to him. Let me go back in the Old Testament when the story that we grew up and heard as kids is, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Huh. Talk about testing your faith. Absolutely. When the king Nebuchadnezzar asked the people to fall down and worship the golden image he made, what did they say? No way, Jose. We're not doing it. Not here. Even if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, we're still not doing it. The God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from his hand. We want you to know, King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And so as a result, they were bound and, and cast into this flaming furnace. And, and as, a, as a child, you may have heard it was, it was ten times it was hot. And you, you heard all the comparisons that it could be. And, and it was just scorching hot. And as the king and the people were watching, there was a fourth person in the fire, Right? And what was that fourth person? Jesus. Jesus. 
Look what the king said here in Daniel 3.25 and 27. He said, look, I see four men walking around in that fire, unbound. Not bound, unbound. Unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the, of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. Verse 27, and the, the, the satraps and the uh, prefects and the governors and the, the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Not even scorch of their hair. And trust me, I lit a, I lit a grill. I lit a grill once. I kept the, kept the, um, the lid closed. And I wasn't supposed to do that. And I opened it up and I, we had to use a match. And I struck that match and boom. Even in that moment, my hair on my face was gone. And just that little bit. Their hair was not singed. Their robes were not scorched. And there was no smell of fire on them. Do you know that when you're hanging out at a bonfire and you're hanging out there and then when you get in the shower the next morning and you, you scrub off and you get out and then you still smell the remnants of the fire in your nose? Yeah, I do that. Not even that. God tested them, and they proved to be faithful, and eventually God promoted them. Promoted them. Did you hear that? Promoted them. Then King promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And when we are going through hurt in our lives, God is right there testing our heart. But there is always a promotion at the end when we trust in God. Amen? Amen. Always a promotion. All those of, uh, all those of who are going through trials and, and understand God is with you, if you understand that and you're going through that like I was, there is a promotion at the end of that tunnel. Amen? Hang on. For me, at that point in my life, it was, it was being able to spend time with my family, being able to, to hang out with them and not lock myself in a room all day long. And that my anxiety and my panic attacks came to a, a small halt in my life. There's promotion. The second thing I want you to hear is this, that God directs us in our hearts. He directs us. He shows us the way. And 
unaware to us, God is directing us when we are going through a hard phase in life. In Kings, 1 Kings 17, after telling the super prophecy of his life to King Ahab, Elijah, Elijah was led by God to hide in a ravine. In a ravine. God directed the ravens to bring him bread and meat. And in the morning and evening, he also drank from the brook. And when the whole country was in famine, when the whole country was in drought, God's servant was amply supplied. He was supplied with what he needed. But later the the book dried up, but sometime later the book dried up because there was no rain in the land and the raven stopped bringing him food. And then, oh, all of a sudden, Elijah is in a great problem. No job, no ministry, no food, no water. What's he going to do? What's going to come out of this? Can you imagine the thoughts that were going through Elijah's mind at this point? What would you think if you had no job, no ministry, no food, no water, no shelter? You'd be questioning. But he says, God, you sent me here. And now all I see is a dry stream and no food. Probably he would have felt like giving up, wouldn't you? I definitely was at my point in my life. I wanted to give up. I didn't want to be here no more, right? Elijah would have felt that it was the end of the road. But when you study further down the scripture in this story, this hurt was for a change in his life. It's for a change. See, God sent Elijah to Zarephath and provided a widow to take care of him. And when God dried the brook, God had already prepared everything needed for him at Zarephath. See, God had planned. He prepared. He knew what the outcome was. Hang on, Elijah. You're going through this because I'm directing you, and you're going to go through a change. He was going to have a new destiny. You know, sometimes God brings a hurt to to get us moving. To get our butts up and go. Instead of lying in bed all day long, like myself. Or maybe like you. He gives us that. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost a friend. Maybe you're going through something in your life that is just, you don't understand. Don't give up. Don't give up. 
You see, look by faith. There is a greater destiny for you. There is a greater destiny that's coming your way. God's just preparing you for it. He directs us. The next thing is this. God corrects us in our hearts. He corrects us. God can also use our hurts to, to correct us. And there are other times when we, are, when we are wrong and we have strayed into sin and we have made wrong choices in our life and we need God's correction. We need a slap in the face, a slap on the butt. We need it. See, Jonah disobeyed God, right? You all know the story of Jonah. Jonah disobeyed God, and he totally went the opposite direction of where God wanted him to go. And he was thrown into the sea. He should have been killed in the middle of the sea. He should have died. But what does God do? You know, what did he do? Sent away a big fish to come his way. Not to eat him, which I think that if a big fish go on my way, I would expect to be eaten. But to protect him. See, God is so good, even before he could repent, God sent this great fish. And Jonah repented in the belly of a fish. And God brought him out of that situation and led him back into the direction that God wanted him to go. Amen? Amen. Wait a minute, Jonah. Uh, You are going the wrong way, and I'm going to get you eaten by a whale, and you're going to repent, and you're going to go the other way, right? God corrected him, right? Corrected him. Do you remember uh, remember the parable of the prodigal son? Going old school on you, because we can learn so much about these stories. The prodigal son took a share, set off for a distant country. He had spent everything because he went wild in the city, spent all his money. And after he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he said, all right, I'm going to take myself and I'm going to hire out myself so that I can get some money so I can eat. And so what did they do? They sent him to the field of pigs. And he longed to fulfill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. That's disgusting. (laughs) I watch Animal Planet and I've seen some pigs in my life. And what they give them to eat is just foul. It's foul. But he was that desperate. He was that hungry. 
but no one gave him anything. His wrong choices, his sin brought him into this condition. And finally, the problems got so much for him, he felt so defeated that he decided to put his tail between his legs and change his attitude and change the way he was thinking and go back to his father's house. He went back as a slave or a servant, but the father accepted him back as a son. See, do you realize that when we, when we are deliberately stray from what we know is right, God has promised us that he would correct us. We see this in the stories that we just went through. He promises to correct us. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6 My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. We've all made mistakes. Have you made a mistake? Absolutely, we all have. We've made mistakes in our life. We've all made choices like Jonah, right? God wants us to go one way, we hightail it the other way. We do. But that doesn't change God. He loves you, and he still wants to draw near to you, closer to you. And if you can repent, he will forgive. We have a God of forgiveness. And he will bring us out. You know, we make mistakes. And I have made mistakes all the time in my life. There's been times my life has gone too far that I thought I could never get back to God. But I know a God who is a forgiver. Amen? He's a forgiver. And he takes away the things in our life. God is in it, and he is correcting you when you hurt. So when you get back to God, there's going to be some rejoicing. There's going to be some joy in your life. The next thing I want to share with you, that God protects us in our hurts. God protects us in our hurts. You know, sometimes God uses failures, right, and problems to protect us. Joseph was obviously his father's favorite son, right? And as a result of his, this favoritism, his brothers were filled with hatred. <clears throat> hatred. They were filled with bitterness towards him. Then one day in their hatred, they sold him as a slave to a caravan traveling to Egypt. 
It all happened so quickly. One moment, he was the favorite son getting anything he wanted. And then next, he was in chains, sold into slavery. Life couldn't seem to get any worse for Joseph. He felt defeated. He felt lonely. He felt unloved. And he felt the rejection by God. But God had a purpose. God had a plan for what he was going through. See, God looks at the future, church. (laughs) He's already planned the future. He knows it. See, God took him out of slavery and made him a ruler in Egypt. Second only in power to Pharaoh. Years later, during the time of severe famine, Joseph saw his brothers once again when they came to Egypt to beg for the privilege of buying food. They had no idea that this Egyptian ruler was standing before them was Joseph. And finally... Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, and they were petrified with fear. And they begged, begged, and pleaded for Joseph not to kill them. Look at what Joseph said back to them in Genesis 45, 7 and 8. It says this, God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And 8 goes on to say, So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Joseph probably felt defeated and a failure until this very day, until this very moment, away from his family. But now he realized it was God's protection for him. God protected him. He got a new perspective in life now. And remember, through Joseph's trouble, God even protected his family. Protected. God protected my family. Protected their emotions. They could have hated me for what I put them through. But God was there to help them through this time because he knew that my family at that point in my life needed protection. In Genesis 45, 5, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because, because it was to slave lives, to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Are you going through trials in your life? Are you going through some heartaches in your life? Hardship? Maybe you're hurting inside this morning. Hurting. And you're not sure where you're at or what you need to do or where you need to go. But let me tell you, God's protection is all over you. All over you this morning. 
The last thing I want to share with you is this, as we kind of wind down this morning. Hurts in your life make us rely on God. You believe that this morning? Hurts in our life make us rely on God. At that point in my life, I gave up on God. I gave him up. But then I realized what I was going through, I really needed him. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's only when we are crushed and down that we see the face of God. And that in that moment in my life, I saw the face of God by singing. By singing with my heart. So I could see the face of God. And then we wholeheartedly learn to trust in Him. See what the Apostle Paul has to us. See what Apostle Paul has to about his hardships. In 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9, we do not want you to be you uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffer in the provinces of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. 9 says, indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but we rely on God, a God who raises the dead. Amen? See, scholars say that the trial was the great riot that broke out in Ephesus, mentioned in Acts 19. The life of all Christians in the city was under a great threat. And Paul must have gone through some unusual emotional stress at this point and physical threat during this time. The Revised Standard Version of the Bible says that Paul was utterly, unbearably crushed. Crushed. He came to the lowest the human spirit can come to. The uttermost sense of despair. And he said, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. It was absolutely hopeless. We had given up. There was no way out. But then he adds this. He adds, he adds but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And Paul says very clearly that the trial was to refocus his attention back to God. To refocus him. To back up. And after going through the trial, we see Paul says in Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul says it very boldly that hurts 
hardships and trials cannot destroy a child of God. Do you believe that this morning? You can't. But in fact, what does he do? He promotes us. He promotes us. Your challenges cannot destroy you, church. It cannot stop you. And you will not be crushed. One of the major reasons God sends us suffering is to refocus our trust in God. Right? Let me conclude with this this morning. As the band can come forward and and get ready. Church, God taught me a lot when I was going through those things in my life. And not only did I go through that in my life, but I feel like he's given me trials every day of my life. I got another broken hip. (laughs) You know? Our truck went kaplooey on vacation. Why I had a broken hip. When I got home, my truck decided to break down again. My wife is going to work, and she's having to deal with all this. I got a broken hip. (laughs) But because of all that, church, because of what I've gone through, it lets me rely on God. Rely on him even more. God, I don't know what you're doing. But I know you're going to promote me. I know that I'm going to rely on you. I know that you're going to take care of me. I know that you're going to protect me. I know that you're going to direct me. I know that you're going to correct me. I know. So the things that you're going through in life, it's not like mine. It's unique to yourself. Because God made us all individually, right? And he knows, he's already prepared the future of what you're going to go through and what are you going to come out of. He'll be there. Maybe you're like me and you see the face of God when you worship and you sing through those times and trials in your life. Whatever the case may be with you, so you can see the face of God. Please believe me when I say that He's going to take care of you. You're not out of the game yet. Not out of the game yet. You know, Amber showed me this little thing this morning. And it's a, it's a tea bag. 
and it says unity. It says two people are better on than one, for they can help each other succeed. Ecclesiastics 4.9. How appropriate did that fit in what I'm speaking on today? Because you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to be there for you. And they are going to uplift you. And when we are in unity together and we have a common denominator that is being a disciple of Christ, there's a light at the end of your tunnel. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, we uh, we just thank you for the, the, the trials and hurts that you give us. Let's just be real. We thank you for that because we know what the outcome will be or could be. Lord, I pray that if, if someone here is hurting or they have a family member and is hurting or if they have a friend that is hurting and going through life and they are just in despair and don't know what to do and they're locked in their closet and locked in their room and they don't want to face the light of day and they just want to give up. Lord, I pray right now that you will intercede, that your Holy Spirit will come upon them and direct them and let them know that there is an end to what they're going through. Oh, Father God, you are so good. we thank you for who you are and we thank you ahead of time for how you're going to get us out of those troubles and hardships and hurts in our lives because we've seen it in the stories of the Old Testament and new Lord we love you in Jesus name